And we are live. Ah, this is the Dallas Gang Podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, welcome. And I'm your host, Zach Austin. A little overview of what we're going to have here tonight. I'm going to talk about my weekend. And then, as promised on the last episode, we are going to be talking a lot about basketball. First, about some Dickinson State hoops, and then we will do a preview of what is to come in Montana high school basketball. It was a bittersweet weekend for me. As many of you know out there, I am an Ohio State fan. They lost to Michigan. You know, not a lot of games this weekend went my way, but, you know, it was a, it ended on a great note, to say the least. You know, I shot my buck. You know, it was my first buck. You know, we had some, we had, my brothers and I had a great day hunting. All right. We went out by Baker and we went on this road. We spent a whole day hunting and we shot a buck and tell you what people, it was a lot of fun. Then of course the Jets won and the Packers lost. So it's an all right weekend for me, I guess. But first off, before I get into anything, I'll be the first person to admit that Michigan has owned Ohio State over the last two years, and Ohio State is a completely overrated football program. I, they regularly produce the amount of talent that Alabama has, and they just can't get it done in big games. They just fall short in big games. You know, that's, that's the reputation they've gained in these big games. I, but you know, Ohio State's just another team to me at this point. Nothing more, nothing less. The Dickinson State men's basketball team got a couple of big wins this weekend. First defeating Montana Western at home by 10 points, 81 to 71. And then getting a win against Rocky the following day. The JV team, both men's and women's, also defeated Rocky last night, both by double figures. In the win against Montana Western, you have for Dickinson State, Gus Wright was 8 of 13 from the field, finishing with 20 points and six rebounds, as well as earning North Star Conference Player of the Week honors in doing so. John Evans led the way with eight rebounds to go along with his 14 points. And Trey Ladke, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Wyoming. I will likely be having him on in future episodes. He had 12. Kosaic Boule, former DCC Buccaneer, had 11. And Tice Dahlberg had 9. Off the bench, Josiah Highland had 6. Christian Murphy had 4. Jason Wright had 3. And Riley Spooner-Hounder had 2 to round out the scoring for Dickinson State. In the win against Rocky Mountain College, 74-65. Gus Wright again led the Blue Hawks in scoring with 14. And he also led the way with 7 rebounds. Trey Ladke had 13. John Evans had 13 points to go along with 6 boards. Kose Agboule, 11. And Ty Stahlberg with 5. Off the bench, you had Christian Murphy with 6. Josiah Howland with five, Riley Spoonhunter with three, and Jaden Wright with two, 
and Braden Palmer with two to round out their scoring of 74. The Blue Hawks will open conference play this Saturday when they travel to Valley City State to take on the Vikings. Here's hoping they can get off to the right start in conference play. And like I said, expect me to have a few of these guys on future episodes. High school basketball season's underway in Montana. And we have a lot to talk about in classes AA, single A, B, and C. Your state champions in the, the AA level, Helena Capital. They're going to have a lot to do under longtime coach Guy Omquist if they want to get back to the big dance. They will have a lot to replace, in particular, Gatorade Player of the Year, Braden Cook, as he is now at Carroll College. They defeated Bozeman in the championship game. <laughs> Oddly enough, Helena Capital beat Bozeman in the football title game this year and the basketball championship game in a single calendar year. You do not see that very often. You just don't. And then Missoula Big Sky got third. It was their first trophy in quite a while. At the Class A level, it's going to be, for my money, the most interesting to watch, though I may be a little biased and exciting to watch. Butte Central is your defending champion. Can they make it back-to-back -back after winning their first outright state title since 1992? They returned Dougie Peoples, who scored 37 points, including the game winner against Lewistown in the state championship game. And they also returned Kyle Holter, who was an all-state wide receiver on the football team. They will have Lewistown in a rematch of the state A title game. Lewistown returns their top two players as well in... Royce Robinson, who led Class A in scoring as a freshman, and Fisher Brown, who's only a junior. With Brown only a junior, this Lewistown team is going to be exciting to watch as Brown is going to be a senior next year. Lewistown's going to be an exciting team to watch, and they are the front runner in the Eastern A this season. Polson was third place a year ago. They returned Jarrett Wilson, who was also the quarterback of the football team and who recently committed to Montana Tech to play football, among others. In the Eastern A, you will also have Glendive, which made to Saturday morning at State for the first time since 2007. And they look to get back again, despite losing most of their talent, and especially in terms of starters. They still return Michael Murphy, the head coach Wade Murphy's son, who was All-State all a year ago. And they are also led by Chase Crockett, who is, who is also a quarterback of the football team. <laughs> Miles City, it's complicated. Miles City is also looking to end a long state tournament drought this year as they look to get back for the, to the state tournament for the first time in nine years since 2014 under third-year head coach Joel Larson. He has three starters coming back in Ed Brooks. Ryder Lee and Logan Murai, but he also has to replace his top two scorers in Dalton Pulaski and Zach Welch. Pulaski, of course, is, was a two-time state champion tennis player, and he is now playing tennis and basketball, both, at Morningside College. Should be an interesting year, to say the least. 
Class B, can Three Forks defend their title they won a year ago after winning their first state title since 2001? With Harlem taking second and Lodgegrass taking third. Lodgegrass is always going to be right up there and these last three years showed. By the way, if you get a chance to watch a Lodgegrass basketball game or even a Harden basketball game or especially if both those schools went and played each other, I encourage you to do so. In Class C, Manhattan Christian went unblemished last year en route to the State A title. Freud Medicine Lake, on the other hand, who took second after also taking an undefeated record into the state championship game, returns their top player in 6'6", Mason Detman, who was a two-time state champion quarterback for the six-man football team that won two state championships. It's his junior year this year. I say they're going to be fun to watch as well and the favorites in the Eastern Sea. And then Belt got third. On the girls' side now, double A, Billing Skyview is going to have a lot to replace as their star player, Brooke Berry, graduated and recently entered the transfer portal after a semester at University of New Mexico. But Brianna Williams is set to take the charge for the Billing Skyview Falcons under head coach Brent Montague. Can, Can the Falcons make a repeat trip to the title game after winning their first ever state title a year ago when they defeated Missoula Hellgate for the title. In Class A, again, I might be biased, but it might be interesting again. Haver looks to make it five state titles out of six in as many years under head, legendary head coach Dustin Kraske. Billing Central, they lose a lot. They will have to replace... Star point guard Maya Hansen, who is now playing basketball at Boise State. And then, of course, the other two teams that made it to State Harden. Should be interesting to see how they do. They have brought home a trophy pretty much every year for the last six years, I do believe. And then you have Miles City, who is the fourth seed out of the Northeastern A. It's unfortunate that if they get fourth again, they're going to have to do a playing game to get into state. I don't like that at all. They need to go back, either go go back to the 4-4 format. I don't like that there's an uneven amount of teams that make it to state every year. But I say Miles City and Laurel, for my money, are going to be the two most fun teams to watch. Each team only lost one player on last year's teams. I can't tell you right now that both teams will be the two clear-cut favorites in the Eastern A, but I will say that those are the two teams that return the most amount of players. Laurel's only made it to state twice in the last seven years, but I do think they will make it this year as Idaho State commit Elise Aby returns for her senior year under second-year head coach Buddy Windy Boy. Miles City under second-year head coach Randy Robinson. What a turnaround they had last year. Let me tell you what, people. In 2020 and 2021 combined, the Cowgirls were a combined 3-33, and including an 0-20 campaign in the year 2020. Those are some dark days for Miles City girls basketball, but... A man named Randy Robinson, who was previously the head coach at Huntley Project, came in and turned that thing around. 
and they had a winning record last year, made it to state. <coughs> Excuse me, I've had a cough lately. And got them to Saturday morning at state, a 2-2 two and two campaign at state, which is a very respectable mark for as young a team as this was and far surpassed expectations. I expect this Cowgirl team to be competing for a trophy this year. They're going to be unbelievably fun to watch, led by point guard Laney Smith, among many other players who could step up and fill those roles. In Class B, a year ago, Colstrip won it all. The Boulder Panthers took second, and Big Fork took third. In Class C, I do believe it was Roy Winifred who won it, as they defeated Box Elder for the title, with Roy Winifred getting third. It's going to be a fun year in Montana high school basketball. Let's get this dang show on the road. We're going to take a quick break on the Dawes Gang podcast. When we come back, we will talk more high school basketball right after this. And we are back on the Dawes Gang podcast. Now, this is not something I had initially planned on talking about, but I will get to that at the end of this episode. Wyoming basketball, for as long as people could remember, has more often than not been dominated at the 4A level by only one team, the Gillette Camels. Camel basketball, as it says on their Twitter page, state champions in 1990, 1992, 1993, 1994, 1995, 1996, 1997, 99, 2000, 2002, 2008, 2011, 2014, and 2018. As of their 2018 title, they had won roughly half of all Wyoming 4A state championships under two different head coaches, Mike Curry, and the current head coach, Bubba Ladke, who has won the last two state titles since his first season in 2014. Their last trip to state was in 2020, the last of a 33 straight years of state tournament basketball for the Camels, which began in 1987 under head coach Mike Curry. It's unfortunate that it had to end when it did, and I'll get to that in a second. Unfortunately, I regret to inform you that the guest I had planned on having is not able to be with us tonight. I will do my best to get him on the show as soon as I can in future episodes. So in one of these next episodes, you should hear him on. But he was on the 2018 state championship team that the Camels had, and he started for them. He was a starting shooting guard, and then his senior year in 2019, they got an amazing victory over the Sheridan Bronx and made a return trip to the title game. In 2021, when his younger brother played for the team, they made it, but COVID canceled the state tournament, or else they were 
in my estimation, at the very least, a state semifinal team. And this is kind of when the dominance of Camel basketball kind of came to an end or came crashing down. And it came in a way that I would have never expected. You know, I've since they've played high school basketball in Gillette, I've been their biggest fans, you know. And, uh, and this, this was his senior year, I This was his senior year. And they had five seniors that were starters. And they had probably a better team than they had last year. But to make a long story short, with them being the fifth-ranked team in the state, fourth-ranked team in the state going into the regional tournament, the Wyoming High School Athletic Association installed a format for the regional tournament so that the first-round games would be single elimination. So with the 4A East in Wyoming being as it is, it is pretty much a format that guarantees one of the best teams in the state is going to miss the state tournament. So because of COVID, I mean, I'll no, I'll never understand it. Like COVID, like that's bullshit. Like the same risks exist by just playing basketball in general. What's one more game going to hurt? Like Montana didn't change their regional format. It was plain stupid, you know. They they put the Camels up against a, their crosstown team who would go on to get second in the state and win it all the next year. And Thunder Basin won that game, and the Camels did not end up going to state, and that ended their 33 straight years of state tournament appearances. But I'm going to admit, Jefferson handled it like a champ. You read what he said in the newspaper afterwards. I love that kid. He handled it like a true professional. And he is now playing college basketball, as is his older brother. And once again, I will have them on in future episodes. But from an outsider's perspective, it was kind of very disheartening. It was very disappointing not to see that team in the state tournament because in my estimation, they were one of the best teams in the state. And on the other hand, you had teams like Rock Springs on the west side, I do believe, which is one of only two schools in the 4A West that plays at the 4A level for everything. They had a 4-17 and record, I do believe, and they went on to state. Like The 4A East, I'll start off by saying this. Divisions in Wyoming in 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A all across the board should be a north and a south. And I'm not just talking about 4A. All divisions. Like I'm not just talking about basketball, actually. You know, there are teams in the West in the past that have had their moments in the sun. You know, Evanston in 2012 and 2013 winning state titles and Kelly Walsh in 2017 and 2019 winning state titles. Mostly, however, it's been all East teams that dominated. When Jefferson was a senior, only there were only, well, not only, there were five teams that compromised of the top five teams in the state. 
And I don't even know that there were any West teams that were receiving votes. And the, the regional format that I talked about earlier was just adding insult to injury. It's so much more competitive in the East. West teams don't really have a chance. But I say there's a contributing factor why West teams, you know, such as Green River and Evanston, you know, Star Valley, Cody. There's a reason all these teams aren't able to compete with 4A East teams. Enrollment. All eight schools in the East are big enough to play 4A football. Six of the eight schools in the West play at the 3A level in football. That just goes to show you it's not really 4A enrollment. Or if they do have 4A enrollment, it's like barely up there. And it's funny because I actually started a letter to the editor or something or to the WHSAA about the format. And I mean, it should be changed to a north-south to you know, balance out the teams. You know, that would make it a lot more interesting. You know, and I'll, in future episodes, maybe when March rolls around, I'll do a episode on this and I'll, like, talk about what would be my ideal north and south in 4A. You know, at any rate, Camel Basketball in Gillette, Wyoming, is still one hell of a program. Hell of a storied program. When they were winning and making state tournaments, you know, kind of near the end of this, that was my favorite time. Camel basketball won me over when Tyler and Jefferson played for them. And in particular, when Tyler first moved up to the full-time varsity squad his junior year where he started on that team. 2018 Camel team and 2019 Camel team, even though that one didn't win, was the true definition of a Cinderella story. And those are two of my favorite teams that overcame a lot of adversity. Those were, that was the first year, two years of Thunder Basin and the school splitting. So basically you're losing half your team, half of your school over to the other school. And it evens things out a lot more. You know, you don't have 2,000 kids in a school to choose from anymore. That, that's literally cut in half. I, the 2018 Camels, who along with Tyler Neary, were led by two-time Gatorade Player of the Year Trey Ladke, along with All-State player Dawson Meesler and All-Conference player Shane Bells, along with Trey Solson, who along with Tyler would be All-State the next year among many other players off the bench. They, that team itself barely made it to state. Now, there were playing games, single elimination games, like kind of to start regionals, like before the quarterfinals per se. But at least you didn't have two of the best teams in the state competing against each other. You know, the Camels drew, drew Cheyenne South, who was, they had beat him earlier in the regular season, but the Camels... All across the board were a much better team than they were. As the Camels had beaten them prior to that. In that game, the Camels barely eked it out. And they were on to the state tournament. And that was the only game 
to my knowledge, that Tyler Neary ever outscored Trey Ladke. In this, once the state tournament came around, you know, they, they beat Sheridan for the third time, and, you know, they lost to Cheyenne East in the regional title game. And then the state tournament comes around. I don't quite recall who they beat in the first round of the state tournament. It might have been Green River. I don't know. They, they absolutely beat Green River in the first round the next year. Actually, the more I think about it, they played, no, they played Natrona in the first round that year. And the Camels were up, I believe, 64-62 to 62 in that game. Natrona wasn't even a very good team. They were like the last team to get into the state tournament out of the West. They might have been an East team. Because Kelly Walsh was in the West. Natrona was absolutely in the East then, even though they're in the West now. Because Casper schools keep rotating from East to West anyway. They played Natrona in the first round of the state tournament. Natrona had a half-court, three-quarter court shot to win it at the buzzer. And it toilet bowled out. The shot went in, and it toilet bowled out. And then they played the semis against Evanston, who would beat them by one point in the 2012 title game six years earlier. Evanston was one of few West teams, like I said before, that had success at the 4A level in the state of Wyoming. Trey Ladke put up 27 points in that contest to lead the Camels to the state championship game. And I can still vividly remember Trey's Snapchat story after that game. I think racks on racks by YC Worldwide playing in the bus and Trey excitedly yelling with along with all his teammates, We're going to the state championship! Let's go! It was exciting, you know? And then I'll tell you what, I was also in high school at the time. Even though I went to a different high school than Tyler did, you know. But my one regret, if I have any regret in high school, it's probably not going to watch those state tournaments. Even though I would have in 2020 if COVID hadn't canceled it. But then, you know, my family and I decided, you know, we're going to get this game on the NFHS network. We're going to watch this. You know. This is really important to me. Obviously, this is an important game that Tyler's playing in, so we turned it on. The Camels are playing Sheridan for the state title. Mind you, Sheridan had won the, each of the last three state state football titles in Wyoming. Like Sheridan in football is probably as dominant, if not more dominant, than Gillette is and was in the sport of basketball. Sheridan had its fair share of stars, such as then-freshman Sam Leckelot, who is now playing for the Montana State Bobcat basketball team, Parker Christensen, who is now playing football at Wyoming, and Tristan Bauer. I don't recall where he's playing college basketball right now, but and Aaron Woodward as well, who was the quarterback of Sheridan's state champion football team the previous two to three years. The Camels had beaten Sheridan four times. Could they do it a fifth time? Actually, no. Three three times. Could they do it a fourth time? That was probability-wise very hard to do. And something I had a hard time believing they could pull off four times. Anyway, the game starts. 
The Camels start off slow in the first quarter. Latke only scored four points in that first quarter. But over the next three quarters of the game, he went off. And at the, in this moment, particularly, I was witnessing probably the greatest performance I've ever seen on a basketball court. Latke goes off in that game for 43 points. He was 13-25 from the field, 4-8 of eight from three, and 13-15 of 15 from the free throw line. Good enough for 43 points in the contest, tying a Wyoming State Championship game record. And the Camels won by 10. Put the team on his back. Carried that team all year, as an anonymous coach said in his Gatorade Player of the Year press release. But that was an awesome moment. I still have the Snapchat story congratulating Tyler on winning state. And so excited for him, you know. And then, you know, Trey would go on and play at Chatterin. He would then redshirt at Gillette before Gillette caught all its athletic programs. And now he's at Dickinson State. So for the umpteenth time, I will try to have him on in one of the next couple of episodes. I was actually just sitting with him at a basketball game yesterday. So, but. Tyler was a key piece to that team. The next season, senior year, it's Tyler's time to shine, right? You know, and then he, Tyler wins. They, he and his doubles partner, Zach Bradley, win their second doubles title in tennis that fall. You know, they, they go into basketball season. This Campbell team, I'm excited as hell for them, but they just won't be as good as that team before them that senior class before them. And then they go out and run the table. They go into the state tournament with a pretty similar record to what they were the previous year. And and they play they they lose 3 times to Sheridan in the regular season. So the flip script is flipped this time. And they play Green River in the first round. I do believe. Yeah, Green River. And Tyler scores 16 points. Plays one of his better overall games of the year. Tyler played much better basketball. And in my biased opinion, he's probably the best player on that team. (coughs) And, And they win that game pretty easily over the, like, second seed from the West. And they go on to the semis. They're playing Sheridan. They're not favored to win this game against Sheridan. Sheridan was the number one team in the state going into the semifinals. The Camels, though, they had different plans this time around. I had been in Sheridan the previous time they played, watching that game when they got beat on, on Sheridan's floor. The Camels had upset on their minds this time around. Played great with them the, the first time in, in, in the first half through the third quarter. I think they were up by double digits at one point, but they kind of let it get down to three or four in the latter stages of the game. Tyler ended up with 14 points and made some crucial free throws down the stretch. It was a back and forth battle. 
And this time, it was Trey's younger brother, Luke Lackey, that would lead the way for the Camels that night, who was a sophomore at the time. He scored 30 points that night in leading his team to the championship effort. Trey Solson was fouled with under four, like three minutes to play. And Gus Wright, who I mentioned earlier as being one of Dickinson State's leading players, was complaining at the ref about the call. The ref teed him up. And after Trace makes his free throws, here comes Tyler to the free throw line to make it a four-point game with under two minutes to play. Tyler would make some more crucial free throws down the stretch. However, Sheridan had, the to- had a timeout with like two seconds to go and the ball down by three in the front court, as Tyler and I like to say. Christensen with the catch, no good, off the back iron. The Camels upset the number one team in the state, and they're headed back to the state championship game. Unbelievable. And I went berserk. I went wild. And that's probably was one of my favorite moments in high school, and I wasn't even involved in it. You know, they lost to Kelly Walsh in the championship game the next day, but it's an amazing run he had in his high school career. And as always, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of Tyler and Jefferson. I've known them for a very long time. And since 2020, it's been some down years in Camel basketball, and we were kind of in the middle of it. The Camels won only three games last year en route to what I believe was a 3-18 and record, but they're going to have a young team, and they have a sophomore class that I really think can make some strides by the time they're juniors and seniors, led by the younger Ladke, Wayne Ladke, as well as Mason Droob, who was, I honestly believe, the first Camel freshman ever to earn all-conference accolades. It's going to be an interesting year in 4A basketball, and for whatever reason, I haven't paid attention as much since Tyler and Jefferson were no longer in the program. However, I'm going to do my best to pay attention to that. I'm going to probably be paying more attention to Montana basketball and Maybe a little bit of North Dakota basketball since that's the state I'm in right now. But, man, it's high school basketball season. Where did time go? I regret to inform you that th- there will unfortunately and very dishearteningly be no guests on this episode. I had tried, but unfortunately it's not going to happen this time around. The next episode will be recorded on Friday, and we will be talking a lot about the sport across country, kind of doing a recap of that. And we will have one, maybe two guests on the show for you tomorrow, starting with Alex Chase Wolf, the coach of the DCC Buccaneer cross country team. I might have her brother on next week as well. And I'm going to try to call up Duncan Hamilton one of these days and get him on the show. So be on the lookout. And I'll, I will have, we will have that for you and more on the next episode of the Dawes Gang Podcast. That's all for now.